Hey, Road family. Hey, you're going to want to buckle up for this one. Pastor Matthew hits us with a reality check. Where are we in our spiritual walk? And if we're honest with ourselves, are we really where we think they are? I even have to ask myself, uh, what do I need to do to get myself to be more like Christ? Sometimes it's hard to hear it, but it's good for us all to self-examine and ask ourselves these tough questions. Set aside some time and listen as Pastor Matthew drives home some realities in our lives. What's up? Man, it is so good to be in the house. I love you guys. It is so fun to get to come and worship and sing. We started off with a rap song. I was just ready to go, but all I knew was Ice Cube. You hear what I'm saying? So I knew that wasn't going to be it. uh, Man, love Dylan Chase and I love coming to worship with you. It's so fun to, to not only just see you, but it's really fun to engage God's word. It's really living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces the heart and marrow, and it will change our lives if we don't just hear it, but we will apply it to every fiber and being that we are. I love this series. We're in a series. We're in the second week of a series called Are You Serious? Are You Serious? The point of this series is to help us not only see our church's process for discipleship making, but for us to get a visual picture of how it looks to grow towards becoming spiritually mature. I'm hoping, at least my role in this this week, is I'm hoping that I can uh, clearly present to us why we need to make uh, spiritual maturity a priority in our life. Um, This is in your notes. I just want you to hear me say this. Again, we're in this series, Are You Serious? If you are serious about our faith, if you're serious about your faith, working to become spiritually mature won't be an option you entertain, right? And we got a lot of options out there. This won't be an option. It will be our desire we pursue. If we are serious about our faith, Listen, if we're serious about our faith, working to become spiritually mature, it won't be just an option. It won't be something we think about, something we maybe will do one day. This will be our desire. How about this? We could even say in our delight that we pursue. I don't want you to, to raise your hand. I don't want you to answer these questions out loud, but I do want you to think about how you would answer these questions. Okay, here's my first one. Um, are you spiritually mature? Just think about it. Are you spiritually mature? <laughs> How about this question? On a scale of 1 to 100, 100 being the greatest, right? Um, where would you rate your spiritual maturity? Just think about it. Don't need to say it out loud. If you want something fun to do, write your, what number you think you are, and then ask everybody in the car on the way home, right? See if they, see if they agree with you. One to 100, 100 being the greatest, where would you rate your spiritual maturity? And then let me ask you this. Um, how are you planning to grow more spiritually mature in 2023? How are you planning to grow in your spiritual maturity in 2023? Let me just kind of give you a couple options and ways you can do that. One, our Bible reading plan, right? Um, you cannot grow if you're not in God's word, right? Just be it. You can pick up uh, one of the guides uh, they're all out there, right? Pick one up. Uh, men, how about this? Tuesday night, Friday morning, we have some incredible Bible reading playing groups, and we had about 75 unique guys this last week that joined and, and gathered in to lean into God's Word. And, and listen, join in with a group. Uh, tonight, from 5 to 7, if you're a young adult, we have 
a uh, Sunday night live. It's a, a place where you can come just in a unique environment with your age group. Just really pursue Jesus together. Listen, there's all kind of things that you can do to grow spiritually. But let me just ask you, how are you planning to grow spiritually in 2023? Um, the title, you guys know, every time I preach, I give us a title and I also give us a truth or a theme. And uh, the title of today's message is this, uh, Grow Up. Um, the other day I was talking to my wife and uh, she looked at me just square in the face and she said, grow up. <laughs> and I said, well, guess who's not going to get to play in my treehouse anymore? You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> just teasing. Um, grow up. Uh, the truth that we're going to build on, uh, and I just want you to hear this out. Listen, um, if, more, if more Christians would pursue maturity, more non-Christians would pursue Jesus. Listen to my truth. We're going to build on it. We're going to look at it in God's word, Hebrews chapter five and six. If more Christians would pursue maturity, more non-Christians would pursue Jesus. Let's go to God's word and then we're going to dig in through prayer. Uh, Lord, we love you. We just praise you, God, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. And God, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that, Lord, we know you're here, but Lord, would your spirit draw us to you in ways maybe we didn't even imagine that it could. Holy Spirit, we move us. Don't just let us hear it. Would you, would you clearly present your, your word to us, God, in a way that we can not just hear it, but we can apply it to our lives. Um, Lord, we thank you for your presence. And because you're here, Lord, we know you're speaking and will speak to us. And so, Lord, we are listening now. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 5 and 6. But before we look specifically at Hebrews chapter 5, let me kind of catch us up with what's taking really place in Hebrews, right? Who wrote it? What's going on? We don't really know who wrote Hebrews. That's the reality. Uh, but we do know by looking at the, the book of Hebrews that the, it was meant to challenge, encourage, and empower Christians to grow to maturity. Specifically, it was written to Jewish Christians, and, and it was written to Jewish Christians to, to let them understand that Jesus Christ is superior to all other prophets, right, and all of the claims of truth, and therefore their faith should solely be found in Christ. Now, we know as relates to our world today, there's a lot of great things out there. There's a lot of things promising, a lot of things that oftentimes don't deliver. There's a lot of things vying for our attention, but there's really only one truth, and there's only one place that is really worthy of receiving all of our faith, and that's Jesus. And if we'll ground our faith in Jesus, not only will our faith grow, but how about this, but our likeness becomes more like Jesus. In other words, we will mature. Are you with me? That's the entire book of Hebrews. You're welcome. Okay, now Hebrews chapter five, okay? Um, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter five is rebuking the Christians because apparently there was a lack of spiritual development in their lives. The Christians were uh, careless and childish. Careless, if you're careless, uh, you run the risk of drifting into error. That's careless, are you with me? If you're childish, you run the risk of making immature decisions. And I want you to hear me say this, both have consequences. So in chapter five and six, uh, we're really the writer of Hebrews is warning these Christians, right? That if they don't continue to grow up and mature, they're gonna continue to make the same immature decisions over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. How do we know that we're maturing in our faith? Well, we're stopping making some of the boneheaded decisions we used to make. 
You guys with me? This too, this too much? Good. We have to understand this. Knowledge and wisdom are not magically imparted at the moment of salvation. Some aspects of our spiritual lives actually take time to develop. Um, this is in your notes. Spiritual maturity, therefore, isn't a trophy that we receive, but a life and a journey we choose to embrace. And this isn't something I made up. This is really what we see all throughout the New Testament specifically. I mean, in the New Testament, what we've got is you've got these writers writing to these different churches and these different groups of ch- Christians, and they're saying, please, by all means, ground your faith in Christ. Stay rooted in him. Matter of fact, stay connected to the vine. You remember some of this language? And if you'll do that, then not only will you grow in maturity, but listen, you'll be able to overcome the crazy obstacles of life, and you'll have hope like you've never had before. This is the New Testament. The difficulty is, if if we're just going to be honest with one another, is that staying grounded in Christ and and, and being with him fully in the journey can be hard at times. (laughs) It can be hard. And uh, the journey is a tough one. And um, the church has consistently, how about this, struggled with her members keeping the faith and growing to maturity. We see this. Um, This is specifically seen and verbalized in the book of Hebrews. And what I want us to do, we just want to read it a little bit. We're going to start in verse 11. This is what Hebrews chapter 5 verse 11 says. Concerning him, this is talking about Jesus, we got a lot to say. And it's hard to explain though since you have become dull of hearing. (laughs) Again, the Hebrews were struggling in their faith. They weren't maturing. And they were making consistent, boneheaded decisions. Can I say that? Is that okay? And so why? Well, we see the writer of Hebrews tells us because they had become dull of hearing. Now listen, dull of hearing doesn't mean they didn't hear the truth. It meant they didn't apply the truth. They were lazy learners. They wanted to know it, but they didn't want to do anything with it. You with me? I've said this before. Uh, I'll say it again. This Maybe for you, but it's more for me maybe than anyone else. It's not known truth that will change your life. It's applied truth. The reason the Hebrew people hadn't grown in their faith wasn't because they didn't show up to hear God's word. It's because they were never applying it. Um, They weren't putting in the work to grow in their faith. Um, How about this? You get better at what you practice. You guys know that to be true? Um, over, right after, I guess, Black Friday, my family and I bought a, what I would call a nice basketball goal. We got it then because Black Friday is the day that normal people can afford things. You know what I mean? And so we got us a good basketball goal. I had a couple buddies come over and we put it up and uh, my kids were so excited to, to start playing and they couldn't do it well. We lowered the goal. You know what I mean? And so my son's out there and he's trying to post up and, and, um, and he's not doing really good. He tells me, and I don't know if this is true, but he tells me he's the best in our neighborhood. But I will tell you this, is that when he's playing against his mama, she's dunking on him like she's Shaquille O'Neal. You know what I'm saying? Like she's trying to back, like break the backboard. Like, and, and he looks at me, he's like, Dad, what do I do? I said, son, you got to practice. You're terrible. <laughs> Bro, she's embarrassing you. I hope your friends don't see this. She's terrible. He's terrible. And, and he's like, well, how do I practice? When? I said, well, you can't practice when your mama's out here making you look ridiculous. You got to come out here when she's not out here with you and just work on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
How does this apply? Listen, if you practice applying God's word in your life, you will spiritually mature. That's how it applies. You want to get better in your walk? You want to grow in your faith? Listen, practice applying God's word. Evidently, though, the Hebrew people didn't understand this because the writer says in verse 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and solid food, not solid food. Now, here, what do we see? We see that the writer here is letting us in on a couple different stages of what we could call spiritual maturity. We have those that need milk. We could call those infants, right? Not only do we have infants, we have children, and then we have young adults and mature adults, and those mature adults and young adults, maybe they are ready for more solid food. Are you with me what I'm saying to you? You've got different stages and understandings of maturity. Again, we're starting to see this outlined and unfolding here in Hebrews. So let me just say this to us. The Hebrews thought they had arrived in their faith and figured it all out. They thought they were mature, and yet none of them were teaching, we could even say discipling others. So the fact that they weren't doing the basics, how about this, meant they never really learned anything after all. I mean, because you can have heard something, but if you can't apply what you heard, did you really even know it? If you can't do it, can, did you really know how to? Um, we're talking about Christians. The writer of Hebrews is writing to Christians. And he's saying, Christians, there's some infants, there's some children, there's some young adults, there's some mature adults, Right? So listen to me. And he's writing here. He's saying some of them are like babies. Now I want you to hear me say this because just because they were babies don't mean they weren't saved. Just because they were babies didn't mean that they weren't loved. Just because they were babies didn't mean that, that they didn't belong in the church. Listen to me. All, all this is saying to us is that these people weren't mature and therefore capable of leading biblically and from a healthy place. I need you to understand this leadership principle. This is going to change some of your lives. You lead yourself and others to the degree of your maturity. You lead yourself and others to the degree of your maturity. You can't take anybody to a place you've never been. You can't teach what you don't know. How about this? You can't take your children or anybody around you to a place spiritually that you've never seen. One of the things that I love so much about our, our men's council and our men that have surrounded me is we're leaning in heavily this year specifically in God's word, trying to grow spiritually, right? Because we understand that we can't lead our men to a place that we've never been to by ourselves. And let me just tell you how this like, applies out practically. Uh, so we had, my wife and I, the great idea, since we're, we're tired of our kids getting a bunch of junk all the time, that we were going to give them an experience Christmas versus a lot of toys for Christmas. Are you with me? And so um, we had booked this place at the beach, and we were so excited. But second service Christmas Eve, remember that Saturday? Um, we were in here, and uh, I was like excited. Like I was just, just fired up for Christmas and the beach. And I got a text, and the text said this, um, hey, the heater's out, and we're going to have to give you your money back. You don't get to come to the beach for Christmas. Now, we were, I was like overwhelmed, right? Because, I mean, what were we going to do for our kids? I mean, this was our kids' Christmas. Are you guys with me? And so I was trying, I was doing my best to try to figure it out. And so we had this idea that we had watched not too long ago a movie called Yesterday. Anybody who's seen the movie Yesterday? If you haven't, you should watch it. It's a pretty good little movie. It's about uh, these parents that give these kids the opportunity to whatever they ask of the parents that day, the parents have to say yes. Okay? And so we've got five kids, my wife and I, that's 11, 9, 7, and 4. I think that's right. Sometimes I forget their names. I'm just going to be real with you. So I did a good job right there. Um, <laughs> 
so thankful I got that. The, um, and so we're, so we're like, we'll give them three yes days, okay, because we got so many kids. And how, let me ask you this. I mean, I, I love my kids. I think my kids are awesome, right? How many of you think that what they wanted to do was sit around and sing Christian songs? How, how many of you think, how about this? How many of you think that what they really wanted to do was just sit down and just be taught God's word and be in God's word? How many of you think that they wanted to just sit, spend time in, in deep and constant meditation and prayer? How many of you think that happened? No. They wanted to go bowling. Come on. They wanted to go out to eat. Uh, they wanted to go to the hotel. Why the hotel? Because the hotel has a pool. We can't afford one at our house. It was cold anyways over Christmas, so we needed to go where they had a heated pool, right? But not only did they have a pool, but they have a continental breakfast. And I mean, who doesn't love some continental breakfast? You know what I mean? Like some, some good pancakes and some whatever. <laughs> Our kids love it. I mean, I, was, I mean, this is for the kids. We did it for the kids. Uh, and, th- and then they wanted, um, they wanted like $15 so we could go to the mall and they could go on a shopping spree at the candy store. You know what I mean? Let me tell you, we had a good time over Christmas break. But as we were enjoying ourselves and doing all these little fun things, this is what I really began to see how this all relates to our lives. Is listen, immature people make immature yet maybe really fun decisions. We had a great time. But imagine if we let them consistently lead our family. How little would our family really get accomplished? I mean, we'd have a good time again, but how little would we really get accomplished? Now listen, as crazy and chaotic as that would be to let our children consistently lead in our family, (laughs) it's just as crazy and chaotic when infants and children lead in the church. And that's exactly what happens, listen to me, when the adults in leadership in the church haven't made a commitment to to discipline themselves, to grow, to become spiritually mature. And when the other leaders that's around them aren't mature enough to help them in that effort. And the result of all that is catastrophic. And you may be thinking, oh, what does it look like when when you got little spiritual infants and babies leading the church? And it looks like a lot of arguing. It looks like... um, People arguing over carpet color. You've ever been into a place like that? Maybe, maybe they're arguing over the styles of songs. Maybe they're arguing over some, some semantics in songs. Uh, may, if anything, maybe you see a common thread of wanting them to be right over them show love. You see a lot of selfishness and piousness. Again, the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, there's different markers of maturity. He's been talking to us about some infants. Let me tell you this. Infants are characterized by ignorance. We got some infants in our house. I love them dearly. But listen, there's certain things they don't know. Some of them, they can't tie their shoe. That doesn't mean I don't love them. It means they don't know how. Children are characterized by selfishness. I mean, I love my kids, but I promise you, you pick up the wrong toy, and somebody's going to say, no, that's mine. (laughs) They're going to check you real quick. Listen, I love them. But infants act like infants, and children act like children. Listen, and when that's what's leading in the church, listen to me, and if that's the type of Christian leading in your home, no wonder Christianity has some issues. Um, I researched this this past week. I thought this was really interesting. Um, Did you realize that in America, there are 332 million people? 
This is the 2022 census report. Listen to this. I thought this was crazy. Um, 210 million of those 332 million identify as a Christian. That's 63%. 63% of people in America identify as Christians. So listen to me very carefully. The problem that we're seeing in the church and in our country is not the, re- the, the result of a lack of Christians, but a lack of discipleship and discipline to those that call themselves Christians to become mature. Christians simply are not growing to maturity. Gray Matter Research um, said this in June 27, 2022. So again, we're talking about data that's not even a year old. This is what they said. Uh, I thought this was crazy. 50% of Americans, they, li- they literally researched and gathered information from thousands of people. 50% of those, 50% have not progressed past the infant stage of spiritual growth. That's what they concluded. And you may think, well, that's terrible. Well, how about this, that? 90% of all Christians haven't progressed past the child stage. It shouldn't surprise us then that the result of all that immaturity in the church and in the community is, is this from non-Christians. Non-Christians, listen to this, don't know if trusting Jesus with their life is truly the best thing. They just don't know. They're open to it, but they don't know. Um, and here's why. They don't want to be like other Christians. And when they look at other Christians, they don't really see a difference between them and themselves. You may say, well, that's crazy. I don't know if I believe that. Well, there's a whole entire book written about this by a guy named Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell, and he said this in his, his book. It's called, um, They Like Jesus, But Not the Church. Okay? This is what he concluded. The conclusion of that book is this, that the world's frustration with Christianity isn't actually Jesus' teaching, but Jesus' followers. And non-Christians have concluded that if being a Christian means being immature, they'd rather not even be saved. We have to understand as a people that just as important as it was for these Hebrews to grow in maturity and live out their faith, it's just as important for us in our day. The truth is we don't need any more things keeping people from placing their faith and trust in Jesus. We don't want the reason that people don't come to faith be us. (laughs) And if we think about our life and we think about the world, the truth is our world today isn't very different than the world back then. Sin is still the problem. And Jesus Christ is still the only solution. But I need you to hear me here. Non-Christians won't see Jesus as the solution to their life if he really isn't the solution to our life. I mean, if Jesus hasn't changed my life, then why do I think he's going to change anybody else's? And if they look, right, if non-Christians are looking and say, well, well, that person's a Christian, but Jesus hasn't really made a difference in their life. Why would they start thinking it's going to make a difference in theirs? Right? Listen to me. We are the proof that Jesus is who he says he is. That's why in the Bible we're known as the hands and feet of Jesus. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. And listen, that we are ambassadors of Jesus Christ, right? Going into the world to reconcile lost people. We are reconcilers, ministers of reconciliation. The writer of of Hebrews is writing to the people because their life wasn't proving that Jesus was real. They were making consistent, immature decisions, which prove they weren't really serious about their faith. Um, The problem was this. They were older in age, which unfortunately made them think, listen to this, 
they were mature in spirit. And I don't mean to offend anyone, but I just need to speak this truth over your life. Just because you're mature in age doesn't mean you're mature in Christ. You might have been in church your entire life, but that don't mean you're mature in Jesus. We can look at it and say the opposite. That's kind of true too. Like we can look at the, the Timothy, remember Timothy? Just because you're young in age doesn't mean you're immature in Christ. Let's keep reading. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness for he's an infant. We've been talking about this. Solid food is for the mature who because of practice, again, think application here, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So really the writer of Hebrews is kind of letting us in on something that we need to understand. Spiritual maturity has nothing to do with age, but everything to do with our willingness to be obedient to Christ by applying his word. That's what spiritual maturity is. Whether we deliberately or undeliberately don't apply God's word, that's an infant if you're saved. And if you're applying God's word, then listen to me, you can grow to maturity. But when God's word says practice, he's not saying, God's not saying you have to be perfect. He's just saying you have to attempt. I don't want you to miss this last part of verse 14 though because I think it's so good for us. The mature have their senses trained to discern good and evil. One of the greatest reasons we need more Christians to grow to maturity isn't so we can say we have more mature Christians here at Choctaw Road, but so we can have men and women that are willing and ready to help those around them make good decisions and refrain from bad ones. The reason some of us need to continue on our effort to mature isn't so that we can just do better, but it's because we've got people that we love really, 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 really a whole lot that also need help making good decisions. You realize I had people even before, before the service come up to me and say, hey, listen, I need you to help my husband. Her husband's gonna be great, but he needs somebody to walk with him. And he needs a man in his life that's willing to say, hey, come on. We can journey this together. You know, uh, Proverbs 15, 22 says, um, Without consultation, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they succeed. Listen to me. They succeed, but they can succeed at something good or they can succeed at something bad. And if you got the wrong consultation and counsel in your life, you may have a whole lot of fun, but it may, it may not be helpful. If you're surrounded by a bunch of babies and a bunch of babies and infants are helping you grow in your faith, then you ain't gonna grow too much. And this is where the problem, where the Hebrews were, right? They didn't really have mature believers helping them grow in their faith. And so when they looked out at the people and they're looking at themselves internally, just thinking through their own life, they were saying, why am I still in the same boat making the same old decisions? It wasn't because they weren't good people. It wasn't because they weren't great. It was because they weren't maturing in their faith. And so Hebrews 6.1, the writer is encouraging them. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about Christ, let's press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward God, of instruction about washing and laying of the hands of the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Now, now, let me say this. I don't want you to be confused. The writer of Hebrews isn't saying we don't teach the things of Jesus anymore. What the writer of Hebrews is saying is that there are some basic building blocks to our faith. How about this? The, um, 
You build a structure on a foundation. Are you with me? And Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of that, of that foundation. It's, Jesus is, the, is what everything is anchored to. So this isn't about not teaching Jesus. This is saying, hey, listen, you've already heard the things of Jesus. Why don't we actually start building on that and just stop looking at it? You've heard it. Let's apply it. And if we apply it, then we can start building into maturity. And, and then the writer of Hebrews, he says this, and this is how he kind of closes this section. And this we will do if God permits. Some people use the, the phrase, if God wills it, kind of as a cop out, right? I mean, it's like, well, if God wills it, meaning God's going to have to do it all on his own. Listen, that's not what he's, that writer of Hebrews is saying here. What the writer of Hebrews is saying, we're going to do this as long as God will let us. We're going to pursue spiritual maturity until I die. You know what? If our community needs anything this year, it needs for Christians to actually be serious about their faith. You know what our church needs? Christians to be serious about their faith. You know what our homes need? is Christians to be serious about their faith. You know what my house needs? Me to be serious about my faith. My house would be better if I was serious. And I want to say this to you as a group of people. I'm going to make 2023 a year that I'm serious. I'm going to give everything I got. Our community's worth it. Our church is worth it. But, but besides all that, listen to me, my kids are worth it. And my wife is worth it. I can't lead them to a place I've never been. And so I, this year, I'm going to go all in. Are you... Will you come along beside of me and say, I'm going to go all out and grow in my spiritual maturity this year too? If that's true for you, would you do me a favor? Would you just stand up right now just to indicate, hey, this year, I'm going to make this a year. Thank you. I can already tell by this overwhelming of you standing, listen, our, our church is going to be better. Our homes are going to be, listen, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year. If more Christians would pursue maturity, more non-Christians would pursue Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we just love you so much. You're gracious and you're merciful. <laughs> and Lord, uh, <laughs> the journey can be sometimes really hard. But God, our desire is to grow and to lean in. Even when it's hard, lean in. When it's good, lean in. And... Um, God, I'm just reminded that you're the one that gives us strength to really be able to do that. We can't do it on our own. We need you. And God, I thank you that we have each other. And so God, in this moment, when we get to apply your word that's been taught, Lord, would you give us grace to know, show us how to do that? And Lord, would you give us just the courage to step out to not only consistently be in your word, but to work to apply it so we can grow to maturity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, church, sometimes it can be really hard to figure out how do we tell our people to <laughs> move on that. Let, let me just say this. Maybe you're thinking, I need a church 
where I can just grow with them. I, I just need to grow. And, and, and this church is a church. This is an incredible church. I'm so thankful my family's planted here. Our staff isn't perfect, but we love coming along beside of you to help you take your next step in your journey. And so maybe you think, I just need some prayer so I can just kind of, as a bump, you know what I mean? Just to kind of help me take that step. We'd love to pray with you in this time. Maybe you're saying, I need a church like this and I, I want to join this church and this is an opportunity for you to come forward. Maybe just God's been working on you this week on something else. Listen, we would love the opportunity to pray with you. We love you. And I can't wait to see what God continues to do in us and through us as we pursue spiritual maturity. Hey, come as we sing. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.